This is the woman behind the business, featuring honest dialogue that advances and inspires women entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Angel Livas. This week on The Woman Behind the Business, Books and Moonshine. You know me, I'm your host, Angel Livis, and I'm very excited to continue with our four-part Women's History Month series. In celebration of Women's History Month, we're honoring and recognizing four women with the Women Behind the Business Paragon Award. This award is designed to celebrate women of distinction whom we believe are history makers in their own right. Today's recipient of the Women Behind the Business Paragon Award is Mrs. Mocha Ochoa Nana. Mocha is the founder and CEO of the Oracle Group International, headquartered in Washington, D.C. The Oracle Group is an internationally recognized public relations firm that specializes in connecting clients with opportunities that engage, uplift, and empower local, national, and global communities. She's also the founder of the Reading Across Continents Initiative, an interactive cross-cultural literary exchange project connecting students, teachers, and authors in an international book club and book discussions around the world. It is an honor to present you with the Paragon Award today, Mocha, and welcome to the show. Thank you. I am so grateful. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm going to give you your award now so we don't forget. Okay. Oh, wow. Isn't the frame gorgeous? It is. It is. Wow. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So, Mocha, your resume is vicious, right? Okay. Oftentimes when I refer to you, I say, oh, Mocha's the one all the celebrities call when they have a book and they're coming to D.C. for a book signing or a book release. Was that your goal when you launched the Oracle Group? No. Um, when I launched the Oracle Group, it was around the time that, um, well, the big box uh, bookstore, I worked for them in author promotions, mm-hmm. so B&N. And so um, I noticed that there were um, less and less people uh, coming to the book signings mm-hmm. and less and less people of color coming to the book signings. So I kind of got ahead of that and said, well, why don't we have some place where, you know, on a Thursday night that you could go with your girlfriends and have some wine, some cheese here, a great author. Not everybody's into the club, mm-hmm. you know. So what if we did that but presented the same material but in a more relaxed, cool vibe? Mm-hmm. So it came from there. And um, when I started doing it, I didn't have the newsletter, the big newsletter they used to have that went out to everyone. So I had to start creating my own ways of letting people know that these authors were coming. So naturally, I had to, you know, create really relationships with media folks like yourself um, and, and, you know, create relationships so that these authors could get on television and say, we're here, join us tonight at, and so it just morphed into public relations um, and doing more and more uh, authors, (laughs) publishers, giving us more and more authors and just asking us not only to do D.C., but do you do other cities? Do you do other markets? Well, of course, sure. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Of course I do. (laughs) When would I say no? Right, right. So what was the hardest part for you in creating this new new space Mm -hmm. that you were essentially um, destined to end up in? Sure. I think the hardest part was that uh, for a lot, for a long time, I felt undefined. Like I couldn't define exactly what it is that we do um, because I didn't really see anyone else that did what we do. Um, You know, there's a lot of folks coming up now, but then it was, we had to sort of create what we wanted, um, what it would end up being. So it was a lot of trial and failure, trial and failure, um, until finally we started getting a groove. So we used to sell books at our events. Then, but I was looked at as a bookseller. Mm. But a bookseller is not schlepping along with a client to all of these uh, news stations, right. and that's a little bit beyond that. Right. Um, and then monetizing it, mm. yeah. Um, that those those that was the the road to it. But it gave us clarity. And how long have you been doing this? Oh boy, on my own for eleven years now. Wow. Yeah. When did you start to see? Um, a clear path of what it was the Oracle Group was? Well, um, I was forced into a clear path. I was, <laughs> I was forced into a clear path because, like I said to you, I kept saying, you know, 
I, I know I'm not a bookseller. What I'm trying to do is have people gather and have give these authors an opportunity to tell their stories of how they overcame this challenge or, you know, and, and leave them with the blueprint, the book. Mm. Um, but it came to the point where it was like, I was, okay, but we've got to sell this book. And, you know, because we didn't have sponsors, we didn't have, but I needed to move out of that space. And I just kept failing. Mm-hmm. until I listened and I am not a bookseller. Well, how am I going to do this if I'm not a bookseller? And once I moved that out of the way and said, listen, I'm tired of falling. I get it. I get it now. That's when, uh, you know, the universe creates success for you mm-hmm. when you listen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the universe, God will put it in your way. So that's pretty much what happened. So what is the Oracle Group today? The Oracle Group today, we represent um, high-end clients that, um, the well, two things happen. One, a publisher will call us and say, listen, can you do this author in this market? Or they will call us and say, listen, we don't have uh, the time to dedicate to this one author here who's going to be a doozy, but our one publicist cannot handle it. Can you come on and supplement? Or the author will look and say, this is what the publisher, this is all you got for me. I need to call someone mm-hmm. and someone will give our name. Beautiful. Yeah. Now you've worked with a number of notable New York Times bestselling authors, um, including Her Excellency Ellen Johnson, Sirleaf, Tay Diggs, Terry McMillan, among others. Mm-hmm. What do you look for when agreeing to work with an author? The story. I people are more than one dimensional. Mm. So Charlie Wilson, there's more to him than singing. Mm. Um, you know, there's there's things that they had to go. There was the falling that we did, mm. <laughs> that they did in, before they got it right. So take for instance, like a Charlie Wilson, when he left the Gap Band, he was broke and on drugs. He was sleeping under U-Haul trucks. Mm. We didn't. How did you get from New York from from um, under trucks to Uncle Charlie? Mm-hmm. Well, he details that in the book. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, he said that if he ever got off drugs, he said that he told God that I will find a way to give my testimony. And boy, was it a testimony. So you even forgot about there goes my baby. You mm-hmm. were just so engrossed in. Oh, my gosh. The individual. Yes, yes, yes. And so those stories, someone is waiting for those stories. Mm-hmm. There's someone in that audience that heard the, there actually was people that came up crying like that was me or this is my struggle, but nobody knows. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. Now, Mocha, I'm going to do a shameless plug. I got a book coming out in okay. like a couple weeks. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So like, how can someone like me mm-hmm. get with someone like you Sure. to learn, you know, these different skills or, you know, what, I would need to really push my book to like a larger audience. Absolutely. You know, um, that was something that I thought long and hard about. And uh, I have a book coming out called The Mocha Method. I know. (laughs) Um, Secrets of a Best-Selling Book Publicity Strategist. And what I've done with that as well is break it down um, in a Facebook group. Mm -hmm. um, Which I'm a Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) We have a lot of fun. Um, But, you know, I realize that, you know, not everyone is high end. But here's the thing. I got to eat. So does my family. But I realize that, you know, I can't. I cannot give the same results to, you know, angel angel that I went to (laughs) that I could get for Jennifer Lewis. You see what I mean? But you're paying Jennifer Lewis money. Right. That's what you want. Right. So we found a way to break that down into almost do it yourself kind of. Well, really a do it yourself. And that's what I try to do in the groups. And um, I do a lot. I'm starting to do a lot of webinars and things like that to break it down, to get you to the point where you can then say, okay, Mocha, I'm I'm so busy. Right, right. (laughs) But, you know, they say people perish for lack of knowledge. And that's what that's all about. Just trying to give people the knowledge. And so how often are you presenting this information for people like me who are, you know, we're not even just aspiring authors anymore because we've come out with our first book, mm-hmm. but we just need that extra push mm-hmm. and, and guidance as to how to navigate and do speaking engagements. Like, what would you say are the top three things that cause authors to mm-hmm. either win or lose? 
Um, one, number one, number one, number one, forgetting why you wrote the book in the first place. Because what happens is, is that you get this great idea and you're like, yes, and I can teach people this. And I've been through that and I'm an expert at this. Let me show them how to do it. You know, so you're, you're looking at your audience when you're writing the book. But by the time you get to the end, you're tired. <laughs> uh, a lot of you've spent money. You're, you're like, OK, look, I just need to recoup. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get this book out here. Let's get a sale going. Let's get a no wrong answer. You still have to have that person in mind. You, then you still then that's when you go to, OK, well, where is this person? What where does um, my target group? Where are they? Where can I find them? Who can I offer the solution to that's waiting for it? Mm-hmm. So authors start to sell when they don't need to sell the solution that you have in your book. You need to find who needs that solution the most and bring them your solution. Mm. It's not a sale. It's a solution. But how do you find them? Easy. You, you have to take it to, just like how you would do anything else. Mm-hmm. You're researching. So let's just say, um, you know, I use an example when I'm talking about this, that I've had three preemies mm-hmm. and I know a thing or two about a NICU. Um, support services, you know, how's your family going to react? Will they come to the hospital? And mm-hmm. so I know a thing or two about that. So what I would do is when I finish the book, how to get through uh, your child in the NICU or how to get through premature, um, a premature birth experience. So what am I going to do? Who are the first people I'm looking for? Parents of preemies. Right. Mm-hmm. So where would I find them? I would probably find them at a, a hospital NICU. Mm-hmm. I would probably go to some pediatrician. Yeah, but office. you can't go and sit up in the NICU talking about, hey, no, you no, want my no, book. No, no, no. So <laughs> no. I'm just saying. You can introduce yourself to the social worker, though. Mm-hmm. And you can say, you know, I know that there's some others that struggle and I have a resource. And, you know, if, you know, can I leave some cards here? Can I leave some pamphlets here? Mm-hmm. You can go and visit pediatricians offices and introduce yourself and mm-hmm. say, hi, you know, I've got this book. I know, you know, you, you may have some patients that come through that aren't dealing very well with it. And mm-hmm. so I just wanted to let you know I'm here and I'm a resource. And can I leave some of my books? I probably go to some conventions, too, mm-hmm. and see if I can get a table Right. Right. So some maternal health um, conventions and where women are. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now that was one. What's Mm -hmm. something else? What's one area where people are very successful and if they do, you know, a particular thing? I, I think that you are always successful when you find the people who need your solution. Okay. Um, you just go where the need is. It's just like any other, you know, I think we make it a little too complicated. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we try to just throw it, throw things on the wall and hopefully <laughs> something stick. will stick and hopefully someone will buy my book when that was not the reason you wrote the book in the first place. And a flash sale will will never take the place of somebody who's waiting on that story. 99 cents book, Mm, but oh my gosh, really? That's what your book talks about? How did you do that? It's in my book. How much is it? $25, here you go. Mm -hmm. You're giving me a solution. Right. Because think about it, whenever you buy anything, people are selfish, buyers are selfish, what's it gonna do for me? Mm -hmm. When you find the what's it gonna do for me, and okay, what's it gonna do for you? Well, here's what it's gonna do for you. Oh, okay, how much? Okay. All my authors out there, y'all ready? Y'all taking notes? Now, for your book, let's talk a little bit about your book. Sure. Um, So you're saying that your inspiration for writing the book, was it to kind of close that gap for the, you know, the non-celebrity people that, you know, possibly could use your help? Absolutely. And it was for two reasons. One is because, you know, we can't work with everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if they do have the discretionary income, we can't work with everyone. I'm, you know, we're until I hire more people that, you know, um, that really get what we're doing. Um, we can't help everybody, and so um, we wanted to create a resource for that. Mm-hmm. And then number two, I was tired of seeing authors at you know booths and tables and just sitting there like, "Will somebody please buy my book?" You know, there's different ways that you approach those things. And so I wanted to have a resource that would level the playing field, Mm -hmm. that they could think a little bit more and strategically go through and and also start the book with the, start the the, 
um, the campaign or start the book with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. So, okay, when I write like this, is this too narrow? Maybe I need to be a little bit more broad mm -hmm. and still, uh, you know, because I may not be able to, to provide a solution to so many people. Um, but, you know, or even, you know, you're looking at speaking, you know, speaking engagements. If, you're so, if your topic is too narrow, how many places, you know, it's going to lessen the places that will want you to come and speak. Right. Unless you want to be narrow. So those types of things that authors should be thinking about in the beginning, those are the things that are in the book. And just like what we ran through, mm -hmm. how do I find my audience? Now, is this in the workbook? Because it's a two part. Yes. You have the option of either buying just a book or the compliment to yes. the book, which yes. is the workbook. So you would have, so let's say press release. Mm -hmm. You've got to write the press release for the book. I'm telling you how to do it in the book. And in the workbook, there's a worksheet, prompt questions. So you write it out. By the time you finish writing all that out, there's your press release. Type it on up. I love it. Did you bring me a copy of the book, Mocha? I did not. Oh, it's, my goodness. It's, it's, Mocha, you are failing today. Okay, let me tell Fail. you what happened. Let me tell you what happened. So, I know. I'm batting zero. So, what happened was, um, when I went to a developmental editor to do the, to hand the book in, she was like, oh, no, 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 this is a pamphlet, Mocha. People need more than that. And really, what I wanted to do was just put something out, just give a tool. She was like, no. The amount of people that you've worked with, people want information. Mm -hmm. So I need to stretch this book. There's, I got to give it back to you if you're not going to let me work with you and stretch the information because we've got to put more in here. So my book is not coming out on February 27th anymore. It's coming out March 31st. Oh, good. That's yes. when mine's coming out. Oh, wow. Yay. Okay. We're going to have to have a book party. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So she essentially said it was too short. Yeah. She said that. How long um, was it before? Well, you know, I just want oh, to put together Don't. a little manual, right? Okay. So how long was it? And it was just supposed to be just a little technical. <laughs> okay. It was 200? 200. No, no, no. One. No, sorry. Um, it, how many pages? I know words. Words. It was 15,000 words. Okay, I don't remember. I don't know how many pages. So yeah, she said that was no. We need to get it. To, yes, that we need to get it from anywhere from thirty to forty thousand. So now what I'm doing, and I'm enjoying it. Now with every chapter, I'm using one of the clients get permission mm -hmm. as case studies, so that when before we even dive into what I'm talking about in that chapter, yeah, I'm showing example. you a real live example that you can connect with and what works. I love it. Yay. So she was right. She was right. I was just trying to, she's like, how can you be you who works with authors and this is what you're giving? <laughs> People are going to look at you like, huh? This one so, I paid me that Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So it's a, giving you a lot more um, and really making sure that you understand the concepts. That's beautiful. I love it. Mm -hmm. Now, when you um, went out on your own, mm -hmm. What were some of the greatest obstacles that you saw? This isn't your moment from the valley, just right. obstacles. Obstacles, um, trying to convince publishers that you need to do it different with people of color. Hmm. That we purchase in a different way. We're not necessarily coming to the bookstore, but by golly, we're going to be at Essence. Mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to be at Essence Festival. We're going to be at um, Megafest. We're mm -hmm. going to be... So we needed... I needed to explain to them culturally what these things are, culturally why we gather. But not everyone was invested in, well, the way Black people work. This is the way you sell a book. Okay. You know, and I still deal with that. Sometimes when um, someone will hire me and I come into the office in New York, they come, they bring me... And it's like, who's that? Why is she here? Mm -hmm. Why do you, you have us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it's, it's still that way. You know, you're still the, the person that has a seat at the table, but they really don't want you to talk. Mm -hmm. But what ends up happening is the closer we get to release date, Okay, Mocha, you, you deal with Essence Magazine. Okay, all right, yeah, Ebony Magazine, yeah, you deal with them. You deal with, you know, Steve Harvey Radio, you deal with them. Mm -hmm. So 
you, you know, I'm dealing with them anyway, and it's not really a space you want to go to. So why don't we just form a partnership that when you get these kinds of authors, and I used to, I never started wanting to be niched Mm -hmm. with authors of color. Never started that way. But for some reason or the other, that's who they kept giving to me. But it's a blessing in disguise because someone has to be an advocate for the reason why this book is not selling is because you're not positioning it in the right places. Did you know know Kelly Rowland had a book last year? No. Okay. Lil Wayne had a book from prison last year. Nobody knew about it. Mm -hmm. Where were they advertising these books? Right. I can't help everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So. So where do you find your greatest um, moments of achievement? Oh, my gosh. When the author is speaking to their audience and someone is touched. Someone, the Jennifer Lewis event that we just did, um, a mother stood up and said, I cannot thank you enough for what you did for my daughter. When you talked about being bipolar on on her show, my daughter looked up and said, her, she is? Well, if she is, then there's nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. You know, so she said that, a boost of self-esteem and confidence that you gave in your story, you know, I can never repay you for that. So moments like those, and then when I see the author crying like, yes, this is why I did it, um, those are moments for me that are just amazing. Yeah. And how do you balance um, your life with um, being a mom, Mm -hmm. being a wife, Mm -hmm. traveling? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you've also started, you know, a lot of the different pavilions that mm-hmm. happen at these African-American festivals. Yes. Um, how do you balance it all? By the seat of my pants? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. But no, um, I I have had to get better at that. Um, I had had I had to take 2017 and 2018. 2017 was about building boundaries. Mm hmm. And 2018 is about now self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's so much more, um, you know, things that I've asked for that are coming my way. But I realize that number one, my children are not going to be children forever. Mm-hmm. I don't want to miss out on important moments. Um, and that if I don't take care of me, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be around to enjoy these moments either. So, but to answer your question, you know, when we are in Cincinnati doing NAACP, I mean, um, the NAACP Author Pavilion, the authors end up knowing who my kids are because they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll have someone there taking care of them, but you know, they've been to everywhere we go, and my husband and I are very deliberate about that. That we, you know, we we spend time with our kids, mm-hmm. and if it means that they're going to be around us and working, my 17-year-old daughter is like she can do the operations of an on-site event with her eyes closed. Mm-hmm. She's been doing it since she's 12. <laughs> the child labor. No, I didn't have her doing intense things, <laughs> but she was seriously. She would someone would come up and be like, "Oh, I only have twenty-three dollars. It's twenty-five. It's twenty-five, and I'd go in like, "Well, my daughter would be like, no, yes, it's twenty-five dollars." The person would turn around, come back five minutes later. Here's 25. She would get take it, turn around, look at me and say, see. So that's, she's just straight and matter of fact like that. <laughs> so I'm building a businesswoman. But, you know, that's how I've been able to balance it all. And then I work with my husband a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the good, the bad, and the ugly that that brings. Mm-hmm. But at least we're together. Right. Yeah. Right. Now... What types of technologies do you use to kind of keep everything straight? Oh, boy. Um, I use a whole lot of apps. So, like, a Schedule Once app that I just give you a link. and What is it called? Schedule Once. Okay. So, if I need to make an appointment with you, let's say, mm-hmm. um, I just give you a link. My schedule is already up there. It gives you the power to choose what's convenient for you. Mm-hmm. You already know my schedule. Once you pick one of those times, I come now and confirm it. Bam, it goes straight on our calendars and it gives us reminders. There's no, well, what about Friday? Well, what about Tuesday? Well, yeah. what about, you know, so things like those, oh, I love. And Google Suite, oh my gosh. Once I figured, well, I didn't. My new assistant did. Why aren't you on Google Suite? What do you mean? Oh, my gosh. 
everything together. I can access, I mean, it's been great. So I rely on things like those to be more efficient and to keep in communication with my clients. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this is a perfect transition mm-hmm. um, into our tech minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we come back, we will be joined by Ma- Naomi Lucas, who is the founder and CEO of Southern Wicked Lemonade. Stay with us. All right. It's time for Tech Talk. And I'm so excited to have Ms. Jaleesa Johnson in studio with us. She's the Chief Technology Officer at Secure Tech 360. Thank you for being in studio, Jaleesa. Thank you, Angel, for having me. Absolutely. So tell me... What app are we talking about today? What's up? What's up? <laughs> All right. Tell me why WhatsApp is so cool for small business owners. Well, what I love about WhatsApp for small business owners is that it's free. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. F-R-E-E. Completely. And so what does WhatsApp do for all of the listeners who are not familiar with it? So WhatsApp is basically a social platform where you can make phone calls for free internationally and domestically. You can text, you can share group pictures, you can send cool GIF files, you can do everything that you can do in any other text application. And now you have the capabilities of calls and you can have group chats. Now, how were you introduced to WhatsApp? I was introduced by our lovely host here, Angel. (laughs) Um, through WBB Talk Radio, mm-hmm. and our group was going on a trip, mm-hmm. and I got a text message one day on my phone from this group, and I said, why am I being text with 20 people in a group? <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> that I don't know. And all these wonderful updates, it was like real-time tracking in a group for a group event. Mm-hmm. And I was totally against it. And now it is my best friend. Yay. I love those types of stories. (laughs) Now, one of the things that I think is really cool about WhatsApp, uh, the the sharing of information. But like you mentioned earlier, that you can talk to people internationally. Absolutely. And you don't have to worry about those international fees. You can also do voice notes. That's one of my favorite Mm -hmm. um, aspects of WhatsApp. Um, Sometimes you might be driving or you might be in the midst of like doing something you can't necessarily use both of your hands to type Um, and you can just push the little record button and it just records your voice. It doesn't convert it to text. Um, You don't have to worry about it, you know, miss typing what you're saying and people can just hear you or you can do the same thing with video. Absolutely. Um, So, yes, I absolutely am a fan of WhatsApp. So thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you. And let me just add one question, one comment. We use um, another application called GoToMeeting. Okay. And we have now been using WhatsApp in place of GoToMeeting for all of our meetings. The, the clarity is a lot better. Oh, awesome. And it's it's free. Yes, it is. And, and let me tell you one other thing that WhatsApp is great for. If you are trying to share video, um, if you try to share video via text, the quality of the video is sometimes compromised. Most of the time it's compromised and it looks like, you know, very uh, grainy. Grainy. Mm-hmm. If you share it on WhatsApp, it looks amazing. It wow. looks just like you had recorded it and just, you know, uploaded it to be able to share it. So that's another great way to share um, video content. Awesome. Well, thank you for giving us more to my favorite new app. Yes, absolutely. And if you want to learn more about WhatsApp, you can visit us online at wbbtalk.com. Welcome back to the Woman Behind the Business Talk Show. I'm your host, Angel Livas, and now it's time to enjoy a little moonshine. (laughs) Naomi Lucas is founder and CEO of Southern Wicked Lemonade. It's the first minority female-owned moonshine distiller in the United States. So we are so fortunate to have you in studio, Naomi. Um, Now, this delicious treat is marketed to women, but as their tagline states, it's potent enough for a man, but made for a woman. This um, product was also featured in this year's Grammys. Is that right, Naomi? Yes. So tell me, what 
was the process like to get Southern Wicked Lemonade in the Grammys swag bag this year? Well, I have my brother, director Anthony Hemingway, to thank for that. Um, he actually did the People vs. OJ. Um, mm-hmm. He won the Emmy and the Golden Globe for that. And he has a project that <clears throat> some of you may have seen, the Biggie Tupac story, Unsolved on USA Network. So that's his project, too? That is his project, Go, too. brother. Go, brother. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. So... What was this journey like for you um, yeah. to, like, what made you decide, you know, I want to make my own moonshine? Right, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, um, I was brought up, I'm the granddaughter of a sharecropper mm-hmm. and um, very, very poor in money, but very rich in family and faith. And so my grandfather, who um, I was extremely close to, who I call Papa, um, was a moonshiner. And it's so amazing because I did not know this about him. When I grew up, my grandfather was a deacon in the church. My my grandmother was a mother in the church who wore a hat. And, you know, he played the um, the symbols and my grandmother played the washboard. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about moonshine, moonshine it was like, <laughs> what? My grandfather was a moonshiner? But um, so a couple of years ago, I... Um, I would do these um, charity rides for wounded warriors, amputees. I was always taught for whom much is given, much is required. Mm-hmm. And so um, so when I um, ended up doing, I finished a 70-mile race, was training for my first century ride, which is a 100-mile race. I went into cardiac arrest. And it was to the surprise of my trainer and my friends. And for about two years, Duke and the Mayo Clinic could not figure out why when my heart rate got up above 140 beats per minute that I would go into cardiac arrest and I would have to be, you know, resuscitated. Yeah, and it was, mm-hmm. it was absolutely a, a, a horrific time. And so when... And Western, how old were you at the time? I was actually 40 wow. at the time. And so... Um, and so, you know, it, it was it was a horrific time. And you, you can't imagine having the best doctors in the world say, we don't know what's going on. And so one of my good friends who was an herbalist, naturalist, said, you know what? We're going to give Eastern medicine a try. Let's take you to an all-clean diet. Let's, you know, go the other route. And so when I decided to go to an all-clean diet, what we found was that the organic wines that were on market were not that great tasting. They tasted very healthy. Well, <laughs> you don't really want your wine to taste healthy. <laughs> right. You want to enjoy you it. You want to enjoy it, right? <laughs> and so, um, and then with the liquors, we, you know, as as hard as I searched, I could not find, you know, a true organic, gluten-free, all-natural spirit. And so, um, you know, I, at Carolina UNC Chapel Hill, I was a double major in English and chemistry, mm-hmm. and I began to to dust off my chemistry degree and began to formulate. And here now we have Southern Wicked Lemonade. So Southern Wicked Lemonade, it's organic? Yes, it uh, it is organically sweetened. It's all natural and it's gluten-free. Um, there's nothing chemical in the actual product itself. The water even comes from the Colorado Springs. Nice. Yeah. So it's low in sugar. Uh, we are a farm-to-table distillery, so we source all of the fruits and juices from local farmers first we, before we go to large growers. So, yeah, you know, and that is in support of small farmers. Do we pay more for our raw materials? Absolutely. Do we mine? No. So you're saying that by changing your diet mm-hmm. and creating your own alcoholic beverage, mm-hmm. You solve the problem of your heart rate. So, you know, know, there there are some issues that I have, but, you know, I've been able to now leave my house. I was so confined. I Mm -hmm. couldn't even walk down the hall without getting short of breath. Mm -hmm. And so by going to an all clean diet and changing, you know, just everything that you do in general, um, I am back to my normal self. And how often do you exercise? So I do exercise two to three times a week when my schedule allows. <laughs> I will tell you that building a liquor brand keeps you on the road, whether in car or by plane. Right. Yeah. Now, where um, can people find um, the Southern Wicked or Wicked Southern Lemonade. Yeah. So, um, is it national? Is it regional? Well, so we are in the state of Georgia. We're in Mississippi. uh, We're in DC. We are in um, Maryland. 
Um, we just got licensed in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in talks now with New York, Tennessee, Nevada, so California. It's so it's growing. Absolutely. And, you know, the Grammys opportunity has really played a, a significant part in that. That is beautiful. Yeah. That is awesome. So what do people normally say when they try your brand? So, you know, with Moonshine, they they expect this really harsh liquor, mm-hmm, right? Because mm-hmm. moonshine in general is a very bitter alcohol. In fact, our moonshine starts off at 180 proof and we bring it down to 34 proof. Oh. Um, and we <laughs> to just, make it legal? <laughs> <laughs> to make it so that you you don't burn a hole in your throat. Um, but, you know, and, and we just got our 70 proof approved. So okay. we're very excited to have that 70 proof now line coming out soon too. So what's the difference? Um, yeah. Between a moonshine, a wine, a liqueur, right? what is a moonshine? So, you know, the federal government does not have a true definition of moonshine, but when you are formulating it, um, it, it takes a very, very, um, I guess, more than OCD person to make really good moonshine because moonshine, you only get one time to distill it yeah, off. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, unlike vodka, like vodka, you can distill it four, five, ten times to get the impurities out to increase the flavor. Mm-hmm. Moonshine, it's one and done. One and done. Yeah. Wow. So you got <laughs> your OCD? Um, a little. I, I bet. <laughs> I bet. And I, and I have my business partner, CJ, she's over there nodding. Hell yeah, no. <laughs> Hey, sometimes you have to be like, you know, when you know you want something a certain way and you've mastered it, you're going to make sure that it continues to be amazing. Um, So talk to me a little bit about your journey into um, creating the moonshine. What did you do before you decided, hey, this is what I want to do? Right. So um, actually, I was a global um, marketing expert. Um, I helped to brand countries and um, create. Um, I created the three pillars methodology approach, um, which is actually an assessment of a company um, and how three pillars, which is their finance, marketing, operations, can either help make you profitable or help you implode from within, depending upon where you are. And so I was just very blessed to be able to take that program internationally to Barbados, Montserrat, other places, um, spoke at a UN conference on, you know, um, in Montserrat and um, it was just a speaker in co-Switzerland, 25 countries. I shared the stage with the chairman of the UN Global Compact on creating a global economy for the common good. Mm-hmm. So in creating this company, there are a couple of things that were really important to me, Angel. One is, you know, we choose people for profits every time. Mm-hmm. Um, we were told, you know, Naomi, you you really shouldn't use small farmers. You know, you should use large growers because you're going to be able to source what you need at a cheaper price. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, however, um, my grandfather was a sharecropper, and I understand that, you know, a farmer has a family, mm-hmm. and we want to support that farmer and his family at the local level first. Um, secondly, we are a Christian-owned um, distilled spirits company, which I know to some are like, what? You know, drinking <laughs> as a sin. <laughs> Inspiration from the the deacon grandfather. (laughs) Yes. And so we actually tied 10% of our net profits at the local level. So whatever is sold in D.C., the money goes back to support the city of D.C. The same thing for Atlanta. So, you know, to me, you know, it is about building local communities from within. I love it. So what do you where do you find your greatest passion as it relates to what you're currently doing? You know, we are right now embarking upon a beautiful project um, in the state of Alabama, um, in Union Springs, and it is um, in what they call the Black Belt County, mm-hmm. um, Bullock County. And, <clears throat> you know, um, the UN just did a tour of the Black Belt in Alabama and could not believe the poverty. I mean, there are people still in the United States that they have dirt floors mm-hmm. where they're sweeping dirt as their floor. Um, you know, there are no sewage systems. They're using outhouses. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, our goal is to take this community and hopefully implant ourselves there mm-hmm. and um, help to create a middle class that, you know, does not exist. We, Our goal um, is to start workers off at $15 an hour, uh, which on an annual salary is about $39,000 a year. That is awesome. Yeah. 
So where is it um where is it located um specifically like for people cuz you know the show is mainly local to DC right. but where is that that neighborhood that really needs that assistance so it is in union springs alabama um is 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 where we want to um expand our facilities there um for dc you know you can find us um at several um you know package store outlets um georgia browns um ayana brown there um has been very instrumental in giving us a foothold within the city of Mm -hmm. dc Mm -hmm. and of course georgia browns you can't come to dc without visiting (laughs) georgia browns right yeah so what 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 do you see um next for wicked southern lemonade or Southern Wicked. Wicked lemonade. <laughs> Southern, Southern Wicked, Wicked lemonade. lemonade. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, being the first female, first minority, I can tell you that it was very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, we could not find a distillery that would allow us to work under their license. Um, so what should have taken a three to four month process took us 10 months. Mm. Um, and so, you know, our next era is what we call our proprietary blends. Mm-hmm. And that is where if you are a family that you've been making your own liquor um, in various places, where it's the basement or the backyard <laughs> um, or the garage, um, we can take your liquor bar- you, we can take your liquor, mm-hmm. take it through our federal licensing so that now you can actually have your own liquor brand, brand. or if you're a celebrity or if you're someone else. And what we do, uh, you know, honestly, is we look at beverage trends mm. um, and we, you know, advise you on maybe a hybrid blend or, you know, other things. We actually have a wine that we're working on now mm-hmm. um, that is going to be a great organic wine. And then taking that wine product and actually creating a wine spirits hybrid product. Um, so, you know, if you're talking about forward thinking, that is what we want to do but we also want to give us you know our people you know other families an opportunity that if they have a spirit that they've been making for generations let's take it to market together and you know so that you don't have to go through what southern wicket went through to get started now what has been um one of the most interesting parts for actually um marketing the new product like how long has it been on the market yeah so surprisingly i will tell you that february marked one year from our production run so we are congratulations (laughs) y'all have done a lot in a year yes absolutely um now i will tell you that we spent two years in research and development and then we took a year and we literally went across the country Mm-hmm. And we did tastings around, you know, different parts of the of the country. And our recipe changed twice mm-hmm. during that two-year period. So, yeah. Now, you mentioned that um, your process to work with a distillery took a little bit longer than it would take someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What has been one of the hardest obstacles that you've had to overcome as it relates to creating this phenomenal brand that has been in the Grammy right. sling bag already? <laughs> Well, you know, what we found now is distribution, Mm -hmm. getting distributors to pick you up. Um, You know, the amazing thing about our three-tiered system in the U.S. is that you can't get a distributor until you can prove that somebody wants to buy you, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So how do you make your liquor legally take it to the places so people can try it Mm -hmm. so that you can prove to distributors that people want to buy you, right? Catch-22, that circular. Right. Yeah. So that means sometimes you have to go into the, I call it the gray areas of the law. Um, have I bootleg? Maybe. Um, <laughs> sometimes you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> but, you know, but it, it, it wasn't to avoid taxes. It mm-hmm. was so that I Taste could create it. the demand. Mm-hmm. Because when you have a new liquor, nobody wants to buy a new liquor that no one's tried. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Now, what was some of your like first brand, uh, locations that gave you that opportunity to be able to um, to show you know exactly what we could do? Southern Wicked Lemonade was all about. So you know, as I stated, DC was our first market. And I will be forever indebted to Washington, Mm D.C., because it was because of D.C. that we were able to um, launch at Georgia Browns, um, Bidwell. um, Kelsey is just amazing at Bidwell. And and Cassie, her mixologist, 
oh my gosh, if you want a fantastic drink, you have to get Cassie to make your drink. Um, then we had Carolina Kitchen. Um, Kathy there, the general manager, Kathy has just opened up her arms to us. Um, and then, you know, Center Plate, we are at the convention center, believe it or not, um, hmm. at the D.C. Convention Center. Now, what we found out, and I'm going to do a shameless plug for us, is that when you're at the D.C. Convention Center, you're on the list. But unless someone asks for your product, then they right. they don't serve it. Right, know? right. When you think of Naomi as a little girl, mm-hmm. what is it that you wanted for yourself? And is this part of that dream kind of come true? You know, um, I, I will tell you that when I was growing up, um, I've always been um, a humanitarian and a philanthropist at heart. And so my dream was to become a craniofacial surgeon and literally and um, to give kids their smiles back by, you know, operating and fixing cleft palates. Mm-hmm. That was my dream. Um, and so, you know, one, one of the things that um, I see this now as a way to um, give back to the community. And so when you talk about Southern Wicked Lemonade and when you talk about supporting our company, uh, we are a debt-free company. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. We bootstrapped it. We are a debt-free company. And because we're debt-free, you know, and we're debt-free for, I mean, so many different reasons. Um but when you have a law firm like Wyrick Robbins and the senior partner, Larry Robbins, um, you know, they have 92 attorneys on staff, you know, behind you. When you have people that are saying, you know, Naomi, you, you're, you're making the right choices. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not always the best, most profitable choices. But from, a, you know, from an ethics perspective, from a morals, um, you are making the right choices. And so. For us at Southern Wicked, you know, what we want to be able to do is we want to create a product that even though it is alcohol, you know, I mean, anything can harm you if you do it in access. Mm -hmm. And so what we want is to have a responsible campaign. Mm -hmm. You know, we want people to know that, you know what, you can support a brand that also cares about the community. Yeah. So one of the things that... um we do at, you know on the show and the one behind the business is actually a nonprofit that I started over a year ago mm-hmm. and then we morphed into the radio programs because we realized that there was a need for women to hear women's stories mm-hmm. oftentimes on the show we speak more specific about the woman hence why it's the woman behind the business yeah. not just the business yeah. so I'm interested in learning a little bit more about who Naomi is mm-hmm. um when you think about who you are as an individual, mm-hmm. how would you describe yourself? You know, um, shy, for one. Shy? It's so amazing <laughs> to people. You know, I'm a very private person. Mm-hmm. My circle is very, very small. Um, but since creating this company, you know, everyone has been saying, Naomi, you've got to get your story out. You've got to. But I've spent my entire professional career, you know, advising CEOs and, mm-hmm. you know, um, heads of state in the background of, you know, do this, go that way. Um, you know, one of my clients called me Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so to to step from behind the veil to mm-hmm. in front, it's just very, very different. Yeah, it's very different. Do you think that you had to go through a very uncomfortable transformation in order for you to um, vibrantly Mm -hmm. be successful in this forefront role? You know, the Bible says that all things work together for your good. And to have um, had a international life where, you know, I was on a plane traveling all the time to having your life halt because of this cardiac, you know, mm-hmm. issue. Um, it was absolutely overwhelming. And, um, you know, I will tell you that it was during that time that I learned who my ride or die friends are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people who loved me and said, you know what, so what, you can't go out, we're going to come here and we're going to bring popcorn and a movie and we're just going to sit with you on the couch because if that's what you're going to do, that's what we're going to do, mm-hmm. right? Um I I tell you, um, me as a person, I am a woman of faith. I'm a woman who loves God. I love my family, um, love my country, um, and love the earth. And, you know, the, the idea of 
you know, supporting nonprofits, especially nonprofits that hold up women and young women who aspire um, to break glass ceilings and to do things that, you know, people have said, you know what, it, you're a girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned was your faith. Yes. Um, and I feel like that's been a continual thing, even from when you started talking about your grandfather at the mm-hmm. beginning of the conversation. Yeah. When... When have you had to rely most mm-hmm. on your faith? You know, um, I am a two-time cancer survivor, 24 and 27. Um, when I was 24, I was told that if the treatments didn't work, I would have—I had nine months to live. Um, and, you know, that deepened my relationship with God. I mean, a, a, a situation like that is only going to do one of two <laughs> things. Either it's going to push you further away or it's going to bring you closer. And... Um, you know, one of the um, visions or experience that I had was um, I had a dream one night that I was standing in front of the United Nations talking um, to the leaders about an issue that impacted women and children. Mm-hmm. And it was that vision that I knew that I would live through the incident. And in everything else that I've done since then, it has been to better, you know, the lives of anyone that I touch. And, you know, even now with with Southern Wicked, you know, and the opportunities to go global, and even um, we're in talks now with actually building a distillery in the Caribbean um, in, you know, a a one of those hurricane-ravaged mm-hmm. islands, mm-hmm. right, um, to be able to impact a community um, outside of the U.S. Again, it adds to that vision. And so, you know... Everything that I do, um, I I don't do it because of money. And when you're in my meetings, I will tell you, money does not move me. Mm-hmm. Mission moves me. Mm-hmm. And I believe that, you know, what the Bible says, that if you seek first the kingdom of God, everything else is going to be added. And for me, as long as I keep to the mission and vision of which I believe I was created, mm-hmm. I believe that God will continue to open doors that no man can close, which the Grammys, we cannot even imagine a year after production that we right. will be in the Grammys. Um, we're going to be in the top 20 Oscar nominee bags um, in February. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there are already talks of us actually being involved in all of the suites in the other award shows, mm-hmm. you know, Emmys, Golden Globes, and all of those. And so, you know, I, I can only explain that as God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that time in the show where we're going to talk with Dr. Tia Hill for our Woman Behind the Business Health Tip. Welcome to the studio. Good morning. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. So, Dr. Hill, what are we talking about today? Seasons changing. Okay, what does that have to do with my health? A lot. So we are getting ready to go into the everyone's favorite holidays, spring and summer seasons. I got you. And with that, we are getting ready to spring forward. Now, when we spring forward, how does this affect our health? One, rest. So we are used to getting that extra hour of sleep, the nights being longer. Now we're getting ready to have those that sun peering through the window, bright and early in the morning, and you're going to lose an hour. And so what, I mean... It's going to affect my sleep, but mm-hmm. what else? How is it going to affect me? It affects your sleep. It affects your mood. It affects the fact that you may be a little bit off calibrated for like a week or two, just trying to get back and acclimated to like, oh, it's really six o'clock and not five o'clock or running around, picking up your children, making sure that you're doing all your regular activities. And especially if you're working out, one of the things that we do know is that in the winter, a lot of people start working out to get ready for their summer and that spring break. And so you're used to that. That extra time, it becomes very vital when you lose that hour. You're like, oh my gosh, it's now six o'clock and I have to fix dinner or do certain things or even when it comes to waking up. So what are some things that we need to be mindful of? Because all of those things that you just mentioned are so very important to me. And I want to make sure that at all times I'm getting as many extra hours (laughs) in my day and sometimes it rolls over into the next day. Um, So what are some key things that we can do to make sure that we remain mindful? Let's not forget that naps, power naps are proven fact to be absolutely amazing. So don't forget to take you a little 15, 20 minute for lunch or a chance you get in your car. Um, Also, I tell people since we're at the cusp of seasons, remember a week prior to just go ahead, get yourself recalibrated, mentally tell yourself, oh, we're getting ready to lose an hour. Also, make sure you're drinking plenty of fluids and 
and still going outside and getting some of that much needed vitamin D as your body has had an increased depletion of that over the winter when the sun was at a different axis. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> it's farther away from the earth. Okay. So, you know. Okay. So all these key um, things that we need to be mindful of. So it sounds like the number one thing is that we're going to lose a little bit of sleep, ladies. Yeah. So we want to make sure that we start programming our minds. Hey, I'm getting up at five right now, but technically I might be getting up at four, literally. Um, and just getting yourself adjusted right. um, before it actually takes flight. Because like you said, the last thing that you want to do is, you know, Miss church or mm-hmm. whatever you have to do on that Sunday when we set those clocks. Or that week, that upcoming week. Forward. It comes very fast. Okay. All right. Well, that's our health tip for today. Uh, for more information, uh, visit us online at wbbtalk.com. So it's time for our moments from the valley, which y'all know is my favorite part of the show. This is when you share a valley moment that you didn't think you would overcome and how you actually overcame the situation. So Mocha, since you were our first guest, I'm gonna start with you. Sure. Um, I will never forget it. It was our 10th anniversary. Um, We were having Taraji P. Henson. We were um, doing her book um, and we were celebrating simultaneously uh, that uh, book and our our 10th anniversary but everything that could go wrong went wrong and um, I had had some warning signs before like I'm not superwoman I can't do everything in my business I don't have a handle on everything and then have contracted people come in after and just expect it all to be fine when I was juggling it all myself um, and it showed there were gaps gates and it showed Thankfully, not for her, she didn't see it, but the customer experience, um, my experience, the experience of the people that were working with me, I ended up in bed crying for a week after that because it was supposed to be my anniversary. I'm, I'm running around trying to fix holes. So I was in bed for a week. I was like, it's over. I was being dragged online. <laughs> you know, don't ever go to, you know, one of those events again. And it, it was horrible. But it was, that's when my business turned around. That's when I realized how to outsource or how to bring in uh, the help that I need um, and just look at my business a different way. But it was a blessing in disguise. The business that I had before no longer exists. That day, my new business was born. Mm. October 22nd, 2016. Powerful. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing. No problem. (laughs) And Naomi, how about you? What was your moment from the valley? Um, Well, my um, my marriage um, to my children's father was... On the outside, it it looked like we had everything. You know, he had a master's degree. Um, I was working at Arthur Anderson as a global marketing director. Um, You know, our house had won the um, Bronze Award in the Parade of Homes that year that we had built. Um, We were, and I built it at age 29. Um, And what what a lot of people didn't know was that our glass, uh, that we lived in a glass house, that there was domestic violence involved and it started with the pushing and um you know the pushing against the wall and then it eventually escalated and finally the last incident had me in physical therapy for three months and my son um the most horrific I think valley moment for me was when we were in divorce court and they played the 911 call of my son saying my daddy is killing my mom and um, I ended up with probably 30, 40 bruises on my body at that time. And, you know, um, as a woman who made um, many times over than him, in fact, um, even with his master's degree, he sued me for alimony and child support <laughs> in court. Um, you know, that was the valley moment for me is feeling the the pain of my, my child and hearing his distress. And as a result, their relationship being torn apart because now you had my ex-husband with a felony charge that he blamed his son for calling the police. Um, my son feeling like if I don't call the police, my mom's going to die, right? Um, and so, you know, what I learned at that point where, 
you know, money was a priority, you know, acquiring material things were a priority, um, that changed because money was not the answer that night. You know, power or influence was not the answer that night. Yeah. And I guess that's why Southern Wicked Lemonade is mission-driven, not driven by money. Absolutely. Yeah. See, it all comes together. It all comes together. Yeah. Wow. So I commend you both for sharing your journey with us. Um, Would you like to leave your contact information so people can get a hold of you? Sure, sure. You can reach me at www.theoraclegroupinc.co.co. Um, and I'm also launching the Mocha Method, so it's just themochamethod.co, and there has contact information on me, and I'm on all the socials except Snapchat because I don't understand it. And so, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you can reach me anywhere. I'm Mocha Ochoa Nana on all the socials except Snapchat. And you know what? I'm not on Snapchat either because I don't get it. So I totally (laughs) concur. Um, We are at www.wickedlemonade.com and um, I'm at at Wicked CEO or at Wicked Lemonade. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Thank you, ladies. And I have to give a special thank you to our show producer, Cal Murdoch, and our program director, Max Myrick. And that is our show for today. Please be sure to check out past broadcasts on our website, wbbtalk.com. And be sure to follow us online at wbbtalk, well, on social media. Until next time, stay blessed. <laughs>